Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host each and every week for the WSN podcast. On today's edition, this week's edition, we're going to continue our talk about return to play. We're getting closer. We're, we're a week away, less than a week away from the start of fall practices for football, boys soccer, boys and girls volleyball. Of course, some of the, uh, the, the sports deemed lower risk like girls golf, girls tennis, cross country, they've been going on for a few weeks now. They've had uh, events and, and matches and meets for, uh, for a couple of weeks now. And knock on wood, everything has seemed to go pretty well to this point. And of course, we're hoping that's the case uh, for the, uh, the other sports that are getting going. Part of our return to play discussion today, we're going to talk to head coach Jeff Koenig from Stanley Boyd and uh, wanted to get him on because he brings a, a unique perspective to all of this in that he is also the school's superintendent. So he's had to look at it from, excuse me, the, the football coach, the athletic side, but also that administrative side where, you know, a lot of the consternation, a lot of the, uh, the you know, the, the concerns and uh, about just school itself coming back have come from and all of the you know discussions and, and planning that have gone into that and also into the uh, the the sports part of it coming back and we'll talk to him about uh, all of that and how his perspective is a little bit different than than some other coaches and uh, also about how the conversations have gone not only at the school level but at the conference level um, the you know with the health departments things like that. Really, uh, really great conversation that we had with Coach Koenig. Uh, before we get to that, though, just kind of a chance to recap where we are at in this return to play process. Again, some sports have already got underway, and then a lot of the sports get underway next week with uh, with practices beginning. Um, many teams waiting to practice until Tuesday, with Monday being a holiday, uh, Labor Day. Uh, but there are a few getting underway on Monday of next week. And, uh, and it's good to see. Now, depending on the sport, it's going to be a little bit before contests begin. The first first uh, football games are uh, the, the first Friday night is September 25th. And uh, really looking forward to that first night. You'll see a lot more coming out on WSN very soon. Uh, it's going to be a big deal for us to get back out and see those live competitions, see those live events. Uh, we're going to have our staff out, not just myself. Um, but uh, Norbert Durst, Mark Miller, Colton Wilson are going to be out at some games and uh, just celebrating the fact that we are back and high school sports are back. Uh, but again, you'll see some more coming out there. As you've seen us talk about, as you've seen on our site and on our social media, we have been tracking this return to play, uh, specifically the sports that we cover, <clears throat> excuse me, football, girls volleyball, boys soccer, boys volleyball. Uh, we put together a document a few weeks ago and have been updating it ever since. And it's it's getting pretty complete at this point. In fact, football, uh, the only school that we're waiting on at this point, uh, you know, un- uh, officially is Homestead. They're still working through their planning for football uh, on if it's going to be fall, if it's going to be spring. Now, even though some of these schools have made a decision to to pursue that fall option, keep in mind they have the ability to shift and adjust and go to a spring option uh, if they've played less than 50% of their uh, contest. So essentially, 
you know, you're looking at three games. If you play three games this fall and get shut down for any reason or less than three games, you can go to the fall in, uh, or excuse me, to the spring and finish off your allotment of games. You don't have to have the same games, but you could play four more games. For instance, if you played three games in the fall, you could play four games in the spring. For the other sports, if you uh, if you complete fifty percent of your season in the fall, that's that's it. You can't go to the spring and finish things off. Uh, whereas if you you know if you play forty percent of your season, you can go and play a full spring season next spring for all sports, all of the fall sports except for football. <clears throat> Where we are right now, uh, there's been a couple of little fluctuations and changes uh, at the last minute. Marquette announced uh, yesterday on Tuesday that they, uh, because of the health order coming from the Milwaukee Health Department, that they would have to go to the spring season. Uh, Looks like Milwaukee Lutheran, who along with Marquette and along with Wisconsin Lutheran, had had been going through some uh, processes to try to play in the fall. Looks like they will likely go to the spring as well. Wisconsin Lutheran likely going to the spring. There had been some appeals, some discussions to try to get that allowed doesn't look like it's going to work, unfortunately. So uh, we are right now at, uh, uh, that we know of, 292 football teams, that's 11 player and 8 player combined, 292 that are playing this fall. That is, we'll call it 70%. It's 69.52% of the teams that are playing uh, fall football. 128 have gone to the spring. That's a little over 30%, we'll call it 30%. So it's about 70-30, which all things considered is about where I thought it would be. Um, at one point, I I wasn't sure if, if it would get closer to 50%, but uh, the last few weeks and you know, once the WIA made their decision on, was it August 14th, they had their last board of control meeting, I think it was, um, to really lay out these opportunities uh, that's about what I thought it would be, somewhere in that 65 to 75% range staying in the fall fell right within there. Now, if uh, there, there was a number of other teams that had plans to go in the fall. I, I talked about Marquette, um, Milwaukee Lutheran, Wisconsin Lutheran. There was other teams that, that had plans to go in the fall, and you know, relatively at the last minute, uh, their local health departments forced them to uh, to change those plans. There was um, schools like Fond du Lac and a bunch of the other, uh, a bunch of the schools in the flyway. In fact, all schools in the flyway for football, except for Amro, uh, had to move from the fall to the spring as a result of their county health department uh, guidelines and, and recommendations. Um, and I think if you if you add it up, if Schools had the chance to make the decision and weren't forced to do uh, so by county health departments. I think you would have seen close to 90% stay in the fall uh, as opposed to go to the spring option. But, you know, when you had most of the Badger Conference had to change, the entire Big 8 Conference had to change, most of the Rock Valley, all of the Milwaukee City Conference and any schools uh, located within the city of Milwaukee um, had to change. Uh, they they weren't allowed to pursue the fall option. <clears throat> Again, most schools are staying in the fall, but an even higher percentage would have 
done the fall option if uh, if uh, allowed the opportunity to make their decision. Uh, pretty similar numbers in girls volleyball, boys soccer. You know, around seventy percent, a little over seventy percent of the girls volleyball teams that we know of still working on. Uh, you know getting in, in touch with a few, I think that number will probably go higher. It'll probably be over 75% of girls volleyball will stay in the fall. Boys soccer is a little bit less. It's you know more in that 65% range that uh, that are playing in the uh, in the fall. Boys volleyball, a little less than 65% um, that we know of. And you know some of the sports or some of the schools that did change to the spring, especially in boys volleyball, uh, did it because there's not as many teams. And so even if they had the option or, or wanted to stay in the fall, uh, they would have had a hard time uh, perhaps finding some games. And so they, uh, you know, they made the decision to make that move to the spring option. Uh, but all told, I mean, if we just roughly call it 70% of the teams across those sports staying in the fall, in the vast majority, higher than that, of the Boys golf, or excuse me, girls golf, girls tennis, cross country, uh, even higher percentage of those teams playing in the fall. You know, it's it's not too bad. We'll we'll take it um, compared to where things maybe were looking at one point, where you know there was a question of whether all teams were going to have to go to the fall if there was going to be any fall sports in Wisconsin. Now the challenge becomes getting things in, getting them done in a uh, you know a manner that reduces risk significantly, that that puts uh, you know the plans and guidelines and protocols in place. Um, and as I've I've talked about before, it's quite honestly it's not a question of if teams will be impacted uh, with a shutdown, with a positive test on their on their team perhaps, or you know with kids back in school with exposures. <clears throat> it's not a question of if that happens. The questions are when, you know, how many are, are impacted, and uh, perhaps, you know, very significantly, whether they return from that or, uh, you know, do they have a, re- uh, a return, uh, you know, protocol in place? Or is it going to be there was one positive test from one of our team members, we're done for the year? Um, with the way that the, the WI laid out their their spring option, that might be the case for a lot of teams, to be honest with you, because if they if they have to get shut down for two weeks and it's a, a soccer team that, that would have missed, you know, three or four contests, it might be easier just to say, all right, well, we'll, we'll regroup and we'll go, go in the spring. Uh, for football, you know, it's going to be a little bit tougher because, um, you know, you, you only have so many contests you can play, uh, whether it's fall or spring. So, uh that that's the that's the, the the test. That's the question that a lot of schools and teams are going to be faced with. Um, you know what happens if if something does happen? Is there a plan in place? We saw in the state of Iowa this summer for baseball and softball that over ninety percent of teams did ha- did not have any impact, did not have any shutdown, um, and about half of the teams that did came back and finished their season. I would love it if that is the the number that we have here in Wisconsin. If we, you know, if there's 300 football teams playing and, you know, 270 of them finish their season in, in the fall and are not impacted, that would be outstanding. That, w- that would leave 30 teams roughly that would be impacted, um, 
you don't want to see that, but the reality is uh, that would probably be a a good scenario, a positive scenario to come out of it. Um, and of course, you hope that anything that does happen, whether it's a uh, you know positive test from from a player, um, or if potentially there's you know exposure that goes beyond that, uh, you know to families or, or coaches or whatever, that uh, that all of those are uh, mitigated, that they're positive outcomes, that you know they're mild cases or able to be uh, you know addressed in a uh, in a successful fashion. That's that's what everyone is hoping for. So that's kind of where we are. That's that's you know the lowdown on on fall sports right now. Seventy percent of teams are playing. Practices start next week for uh, some of those higher risk sports, as deemed by the WIAA. Competition's not far behind, so we're getting back at it. And, and as I said, we're gonna uh, really celebrate that fact at WSN when when the uh, sports and, and contests do get back underway. You'll see some stuff coming out on uh, on our planning coming up very soon. Speaking of planning, as you've seen on WSN, we're continuing to crank out conference previews here, and we'll do so up until the first contest in a couple. Excuse me, in a, in a few weeks here, and then also you'll see some other stuff coming out. We'll have our preseason award watch lists. Um, you know, some different things that uh, as we get ready for that return to play, as we continue our conversation about. Prepar, uh, preparations for football, getting ready for fall sports to resume. I want to bring on a, uh, a coach that has a maybe a little different perspective than other coaches, than other people uh, as part of these conversations, and that is Stanley Boyd head football coach Jeff Koenig, who is also the superintendent at the school. Coach, we appreciate you taking a few minutes with us on the WSN podcast. I know this is uh, the first week back to school for a lot of people, but for you guys, uh, you've, you've been at it a little bit. How's, uh, how's the year starting off for you guys so far? Uh, so far, so good. We uh, started school for uh, in-person instruction on the 20th, so we're into our second full week, but uh, week three really on the calendar for school, and, and things have gone well so far. The Staff has done a great job preparing, and our students have done a great job being really compliant for lack of anything else with that. They're wearing their face masks, they're doing the uh, social distancing, and really glad to be back in school. We, we canceled earlier than everybody else last year because of the timing of our spring break, so it's just really good having kids back in the building. Well, as we, uh, as we mentioned in the in a introduction as a uh, as a superintendent and as a football coach you're in kind of a unique uh, situation I, I don't know offhand of any others in your uh, capacity where superintendent and football coaches is there any others in the state that you know of um, not that I know of I know there are a few basketball coaches out there but I, I don't know of anybody else that coaches football so is your you know Thinking about in, in getting ready to uh, return to sports, return to, to football, um, as a football coach first, you know what what things went through your mind? What things were you um, worried about during this return to play period? And, and what kind of things have you done from a football perspective to uh, to, to try to you know navigate this whole situation? Yeah, as a football coach, we're always trying to get our teams ready and. The tough time we're having this year is that we're not really sure what we're getting ready for. And when the WIA did the survey, Rover sent out the survey earlier, I actually had voted for delaying until spring. And 
I kind of wish we would have either done that or started on time, but uh, we're we're in the current situation that we're at. We did get in some of our contact days. We didn't get them all in because of just some other things that happened. It wasn't COVID related at all, but we really made an effort to make sure we had proper sanitizing supplies out there, things to make sure that we could do the drills and keep social distancing when possible and try to make it as safe safe as possible as we could for just the coaches and the players. But it was really kind of trying to lay that out. And I'm fortunate that I have a great, great assistant coaching staff and a great community coach. And so people worked worked well and, and it went pretty smoothly. And if uh, it would have been nice to get all five of the days in, but we, but like I said, we didn't. So now the conversation has just been how do we translate that into the regular season? Because those guidelines that were issued were for summer contact and we're just trying to, to, kind of think about game situations and, and our normal weekly routines and how to best prepare for that. And I think probably the hardest thing has been strictly on the coaching side is a lot of the team building team activities that we do, we really can't do in a traditional sense. We've had some Zoom team meetings. We've had some other you know virtual things that just, they're just not the same. It doesn't build the relationships like, like getting together around a campfire or, or, having seven on seven league together, things like that. But our kids have been working hard. We reopened our weight rooms on July 1st and things have, have gone well on that side too. So it's, it's really just trying to get everything ready. I know our conference has worked hard to try and straighten out the schedule for this season and they have that set now. So um, I, you know, we'll take it day, day by day and keep the staff and the kids as safe as we can throughout the process. We're talking with Jeff Koenig, head football coach and superintendent at Stanley Boyd High School. So coaches are, are dealing with things from one perspective, obviously, and administrators and superintendents are, are dealing with a whole different set of uh, variables and circumstances and, and things that they're looking at. So what were you looking at during this return to play from a superintendent perspective that was different than maybe just the, the coaches are considering? Yeah, that's a great question on that. The the tough part from from my perspective is that we are doing a lot of things to help keep our students and staff and our community safe. And I know so much of the positions people have on things comes down to what your beliefs in science are or what science you choose to believe. And there's just so much conflicting information out there that it's it's tough to make really well-informed decisions. Now, we've been extremely fortunate. I can't speak that all school districts have had this, but we have been extremely fortunate to have a great public health department in Chippewa County that we've been working with throughout the whole process. And we've also been meeting collectively as superintendents in Chippewa County to help prepare for the year and help prepare for athletics. So we've had some really good guidance on that side. the, the tough part that it comes for for everyone is that if you look at the public health data, and this is statewide, not just in Chippewa County, they basically say you shouldn't have youth sports, that it's, it's a high risk of transmission and that you shouldn't have it. They then followed up, but if you are going to, here are precautions you, you can follow. So the big you know, internal conflict that I have, and I know it's a, it's a headache for a lot of administrators, not just a headache, but a heartache, is that we know extracurriculars are important. We know that 
football through cross country tennis which we don't have but girls golf all those things they're they're important they're they're what bring ki- some kids to school they're what makes school survivable for some kids and really how they kind of structure their their world around and to take that away is 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 terrible but then on the flip side how do we best serve and keep the entire population of our community, not just our school, but our extended community, as safe as possible. And that's just the kind of thing that keeps you up at night. And people have to make decisions that people aren't comfortable with and that people don't like. And just in the the Chippewa Valley, you know, we have counties that the guidelines kind of make it very difficult to have sports. So some schools have had to make some tough decisions in that that regard. Um, It varies from school to school, what they're doing for allowing spectators and how the things are all going to operate. And it just makes it difficult when you weigh that against what's the, what's the best thing that can happen for our kids. And uh, I mentioned earlier, I had voted for spring football, even though our district now is, is we're going to do fall football, simply because I, I don't want this to be like the St. Louis Cardinals or the, the uh, Marlins season where, where, kids are, are losing weeks, they're, they're having a really broken experience. And I know that it's going to be different for everybody on how this season progresses, but, you know, it's, it's really valuable, and we want to make sure it's a good experience, not just an experience. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. We think we're going to take the precautions to be as safe as possible. The other hard part is we know what we're doing. We hope our opponents are doing the same thing, but we also know Every county has different guidelines, and every school has different boards that make decisions and different different protocols. So hopefully it's a safe season for everyone, and we get to see some great games and some great experiences. But um, we just got to knock on wood and hope for the best. You mentioned the different protocols and the different um you know, health departments and counties that, that are involved in the Cloverbelt Conference alone, uh, a new conference this year, too, with some schools that come in from a little bit more out of the area. Uh, how did those discussions go at the conference level to determine, first of all, are we going to do fall football? Are we going to do it at, at the spring? Was it more of an individual school option? And then what is what is it looking like at the conference level in terms of standardized protocols, whether it's fans in attendance, um, uh, cleaning protocols, you know, game uh, logistics, those kinds of things. What what conference things have, have gone into all of this? The start was really, um, I, I can't remember the date, but there was a Monday a few weeks ago that all the, we, we tried to organize a, a, a Zoom meeting, a, a group meeting between all the private school presidents and school superintendents just to discuss what the thought was moving forward with fall sports. And it was kind of a long call that not everybody was able to be on at the same time. But I know there were a lot of there are a lot of concerns. And like you mentioned, we have a a lot of counties that we go through and um, a lot of different stakeholder groups when you look at schools that are in Eau Claire, um, schools that are in the the middle of Clark County or in Dunn County or in um, all the different reaches that we go and it was a it was a really good conversation i i don't think anybody was was thrilled about the the just the task we have ahead of us but again we we do know that it's valuable and it's important to our students that they have a a good experience and um from there it was 
kind of talked about because the athletic directors were going to be meeting the next day or the day after that. And we didn't want all the pressure and, and weight to fall on them. So our, our kind of decision was just make sure that every school is on the same page, have a conversation with your coaches, with your athletic director, with your high school principal and superintendent so that everybody's on the same page so that when the AD goes to that meeting, um, they're truly representing what the school wants to do. And then I thought our ADs had a, had a great discussion and they're, they're actually going to, for volleyball, they set a date that's just before the midpoint in the season that basically says um, if a certain number of teams can't play or haven't been able to play, they're going to move the rest of the games, the rest of the season to the spring, but they're going to try and do it now. Um, now football is a slightly different conference because of the, the schools involved. And they basically said that we're going to move forward. Um, the only other real conference sport that we offer in the Clover Belt is cross country in the fall. And that too was going to move forward with, with safety precautions. But the other thing that they did, and this passed all the governance channels through the, through the conference was that schools must follow their local health guidelines. So it, it wasn't just a matter of you need to follow any hardcore rules that are out there, but that you actually have to follow the guidelines that creates an interesting dilemma, uh, you know, for Clark County and our school sits right on the border of Chippewa and Clark County. Clark County doesn't really have any guidance. However, they have told us to defer to Chippewa County, which we've been talking to anyway. And Chippewa County currently uh, is recommending no more than 15 people indoor and no gatherings of more than 50 outdoor. And again, it's just a guideline. Now, when you talk football, uh, it's tough to have a football game with two two bigger teams. I realize with smaller teams, it's not, not like that, but it's tough to have a football game with a cap at 50 people. So that's one of those areas that we're acknowledging we have to exceed that, but then again, how can we, how can we be moving forward with that? And then schools have been discussing, you know, what about spectators? How's that going to work? And our school made a tough choice that at this time we're not allowing spectators. However, as guidance changes, we'll keep, we'll keep looking at it and reevaluating it. And it's one of those things I look at data every day and, and talk to health department people probably two or three times a week in different, different capacities. But it's, it's really trying to decide that where I know some, some schools in our conference feel very strongly that there should be no restrictions on spectators. And then it comes to the situation, if we say for like volleyball, um, do we want to send our teams into full gymnasiums if we're a school that's taking more precautions than somebody else? So it's, you know, it's, it hasn't all been worked out yet. The, you know, what that means to each school, and I'm sure we'll, we'll be better informed as we get closer to competitions. But I also know that there are some schools that are looking for potential alternate locations to play games because of certain restrictions that are that are in place so it's a it's a adventure for lack of a better term but you know how do we balance the best possible experience for our kids and keeping our communities and, and students safe and it's not easy but that's that's what we're trying to do 
Again, our conversation continues with Jeff Koenig, the head football coach and superintendent at Stanley Boyd. Um, Let's talk a little bit football uh, and and focus on that part of it. Um, A new football conference, as we've talked about, the the Cloverbelt um, saw some some changes this year. You've got three teams coming in from the Dunn-St. Croix. You've got some other teams going out, of course. Um, Pretty strong group of teams coming in, Durand, Elk Mound, and Mondovi. So as you look at the football part of it, what uh, what do you see in this new redesigned, reformatted Clover Belt Conference? I always thought that our conference was a very tough small school conference, and I, I think it got more difficult this year because, as you said, it's it's three three very good teams coming in from the Dunn St. Croix, three teams with great histories, great recent histories that um, all throw some different things into the mix and they're well coached and disciplined. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a big challenge. I I think the thing I'm most excited about is actually in a normal season, not this year is actually having non-conference games. We, we always, I shouldn't say always, but a number of years ago switched to having an, an odd number of teams in our conference. So everybody had a different non-conference date. So, there were years where we had a week nine non-conference game and in one year that got canceled too. So there's, it's, it's going to be nice once we're into a normal year to actually have two non-conference games at the start of the year to kind of get ready and also to kind of preserve those longtime rivalries that we've had. Now those games are out this year, of course, but uh, it's going to be a, a, a tough, tough b- battle every week and uh, just some great, great football come in our way. Uh, from a football perspective, but also incorporating the, the conversations that we've been having, what what kinds of changes in protocols, whether it's pregame, halftime, coin toss, whatever it is, uh, are being instituted um, either at you know the, the school level, the conference level, or, or statewide that are going to change a little bit how some of that looks and works? The, I think the big difference will be just kind of some of the WIA initiatives that were put through. There's restrictions on who can be at the coin toss. There, you know, there's there's little things like they aren't doing the end of the game handshakes and stuff. And it's I know they recommend that they've extended the sideline box for players to stand so that they can actually go further down. Coaches aren't supposed to go down there, but players can to help socially distance. Um, just different ways to keep sanitizing things one one challenge that that we have is you know something so simple as water bottles is everybody has to have their own water bottle where in the past you could you could squeeze it you could do whatever and not exchange um saliva or things like that but we just have to be a lot more cautious so it's going to make those type of things one thing also is it varies all over the place as far as locker room usage and what can be stored in the lockers so we're going to be a lot more of a, a traveling team than we have been in the past, just in the respect that there's there's not a lot of stuff you can keep in lockers overnight or that you should, at least by health department guidance. So I think there's a lot of small changes like that. Uh, probably one of the best changes that's happening is I think um, everyone's trying to have a renewed emphasis on being able to stream their games with the difference in – uh, who can attend at different places. I, I know all the schools in the Cloverbelt are, are trying to find ways to stream games. So that means that even if your school is not playing, you'll have, you'll have opportunities to watch games around the state throughout the, the weekend. So um, I think that's a, that's a positive thing that's taken place. It's just going to 
uh, I think feel different. I think once the game gets rolling and everybody kind of gets in the swing in it, swing of it, they they will kind of all disappear. That stuff standing out, but. I think the precautions are being taken, and um, you know, there's little things with officials are supposed to use electronic whistles that I don't think anyone really noticed that difference. We did buy actually the face mask attachments that's on the inside of the helmet to be kind of a, a face mask type thing for the for the players. Just some little things like that, but it's hopefully going to keep our players a little bit safer. Coach, we certainly hope that we get a chance to uh, to talk to you throughout the year, and uh, you know everything goes well um, at Stanley Boyd and the Clover Belt and around the state. Uh, we appreciate you joining us on the WSN podcast. Always great catching up with you, and uh, again, we'll hope to do it down the road. Yeah, nice to talk with you too, Travis. I know usually when I get to talk to you throughout the season, it means we're doing better. So maybe doing this at the beginning of the year is a good sign. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, no, I hope your season goes well as as well. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Coach. Again, a great conversation with Coach Koenig as we uh, went over a, a whole list of topics and, and all the different things that have gone into uh, return to play, getting to this point, the uh, you know the challenges associated with um, his, his role as not just a football coach, but also as a school's administrator, and uh, hopefully it lends some additional perspective uh, to, to this whole process and, and the conversations that have happened and the the things that have been done to get to this point. That'll do it for this episode of the WSN Podcast. I am Travis Wilson. When sports do resume very soon, we'll see you at a game.